Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for June 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Shady from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Raw. A little divisive in the uh, chat tonight with Monday Night Raw, man. Some people didn't like it, which is completely understandable. I actually, I actually quite enjoyed Monday Night Raw. I actually thought it was a decent show tonight, even with the reports. There were reports out by Wrestling Inc. and Mike Johnson of PW Insider that Vince McMahon was backstage for tonight's Raw. Now, tonight's Raw emanated from Hartford, Connecticut, which is uh, a hop, skip, and a jump away from Greenwich, Connecticut, Stamford, Connecticut, where WWE primarily works out of, Titan Tower, as you guys know, in Stamford, Connecticut. And everybody thought that Vince McMahon was going to blow up the show like he usually does. Rip up the script, make changes. I read an article that Vince McMahon was making changes to the show via phone today. But I'm here to tell you, man, and, and you know I'm always honest with you guys when it comes to Vince McMahon. I didn't really see much of a change in the show tonight. In fact, I honestly felt like it was more of a Triple H show than it was a, a, a Vince McMahon show. There was a lot of wrestling tonight. There was a lot of... I would say priority on some of Triple H's favorites. We got Katana Chance and Caden Carter out there against the tag team champions, showing everybody what they can do in the women's division. We have Johnny Gargano. He's getting a, a redo, a, a do-over on Monday Night Raw. They gave him a video package. Gunther and Kevin Owens had a pay-per-view level match tonight. It was... A pretty damn good show tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. As far as Monday Night Raw is concerned, Monday Night Raw standards, Monday Night Raw has been largely awful for the majority of the year. And Monday Night Raw has been largely awful coming out of WrestleMania. But I feel like tonight was the best Raw in the last six weeks. Tonight was the best Raw Following WrestleMania. Since WrestleMania weekend, this was the best Monday Night Raw that we've gotten. Now, that's a low bar. That's a low bar, but I thought tonight was a very decent show. And we have Money in the Bank building. There's not really much else besides the qualifiers for Money in the Bank being built. Cody Rhodes is on the show tonight on Miz TV. I don't know what he's doing at Money in the Bank. I know there are rumors going around that Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes are slated for a third match. On SummerSlam weekend, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. The qualifiers for the ladies tonight, Becky Lynch advanced, Zoe Stark advanced, and Seth Rollins defended the World Heavyweight Championship against Damian Priest. And a lot of people are looking at the Judgment Day as potentially booting out a member, whether that's Damian Priest or Finn Balor, uh, I don't know. But that is the going rumor. If you browse on social media, you'll get the feel that people feel that Judgment Day is going to be down one member and they will add another in the form of J.D. McDonough. So I, I don't know what's happening there. I would not break up any part of Judgment Day, to be quite honest with you. I don't think they're ready to be split. I don't think anybody's ready to be booted out. I honestly feel they all work cohesively very well together. But if you, uh, like I said, go on social media, you'll see people already claiming that Damian Priest and Finn Balor have tension building between them. I didn't really see none of that. The only part of that that I really seen tonight was in the main event when Damian Priest was upset that Finn Balor was out there because in the in the open of the show, Balor was kind of upset that Damian Priest didn't need his help or didn't want any help or, you know, he said to Seth Rollins, all right, I'll listen to you. We have no judgment day out there during the main event. So people took that as uh, possible tension between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I didn't really see much of that, but who the fuck knows what they're building. Honestly, going into money in the bank, but all in all, I thought it was a decent show tonight. I thought it was a very, very good show uh, all things considering with Vince McMahon being there, the money in the bank build. We got some great wrestling tonight. Can't really complain. Can't really complain. But we're going to get into all this shit, guys. We're going to break this show down like we usually do. I thank you guys for joining me on this Monday night. It's going to be a good night. Uh, so make sure you guys strap in. You guys are in the chat already. We got near 2,000 people in here already for the stream. I really appreciate you guys joining me on the show this evening. You guys wanted Red Skies. I'll fucking play Red Skies for you as I uh, get my shit together here. It was not a Red Skies show. I know you guys love Red Skies. I know you guys want to hear Red Skies. It wasn't a Red Skies show, so I'll play it for you as I go through my uh, social media and cheap plug breakdown here. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Cameo. My audio is crunchy sounding. I don't know what that means, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not home right now. I'm not in New York. I'm in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I'm in Atlantic City. I attended the Atlantic City Beer Fest last night. So I got my jersey set up. I got a whole new office being built in here. I got a new desk sitting in the corner. I got a new chair that I'm sitting in that I'm not really too pleased with. I think it's very uh, flimsy for the money that I paid for it. I got two new monitors downstairs. I got uh, chaos here, man. I got chaos. But yes, I'm in Jersey. I'm not really home. I'll be back on uh, Wednesday back in New York. But it doesn't matter where we are, man. Off the script is everywhere. I take off the script with me on the road. As long as you guys are happy, as long as you guys are getting what you need, that's all that uh, I really am concerned with. Music volume is low. There you go. Let's raise it up, man. Doc in the building. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out the extra that I did today. We talked about Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. 
We talked about them happening at SummerSlam, part three of their unfortunate saga. Talk about Bray Wyatt and an update on his WWE return back to TV. And we talk about Forbidden Door. And according to social media, Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay have a press conference happening 6 a.m. Eastern to talk about the challenges laid down by Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson for Forbidden Door. I'm telling you, man, that Brian Danielson and Okada match at Forbidden Door. Oh, my goodness, man. I'm getting giddy. I'm getting giddy already, man. Holy shit. That shit is going to be a match of the year. Maybe match of the year, period. Maybe match of the fucking century. Holy shit. Yes, but go check out that extra. We did that extra today on the channel. It is on the homepage for you guys. Would really appreciate your support on that. Also, go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Plenty of it. We're a very busy channel, man. We just had 146,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you guys very much for all your love and support. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You guys are going to sign up, get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That is BlueChew.com. Great friend and a great sponsor of the show right here on Off The Script for your Monday Night Raw post-show. Little programming note as well, guys, before we get into the review. I have a new show debuting on Tuesday next week. I will be live Tuesday night with my guy, Andrew Baydala. You guys know him as Ticket Drew. We have a new show debuting called TNT. We are the Tuesday Night Titans. If you guys want podcasting, man, this is going to be podcasting done right. We're going to be talking about all the major news stories in pro wrestling. We're going to break down all the major news stories in pro wrestling. WWE, AEW, the Indies. And it's going to be a great time on Tuesday night, man. Very professional pro wrestling talk. If I was to make a comparison, man, if you guys are familiar with the old Mike and the Mad Dog formula on WFAN in New York, it's going to be more along the lines of that. We don't agree on everything, but it's going to be a very, very educational, very professionally done discussion. Got the artwork done by my guy, Dustin. Got the layout done by my guy, Mike. Great shit. So next week, stay tuned for social media on all of the news on that. We'll be live next Tuesday. I'm very excited about it to bring you guys some more content, some new content right here on the podcast, man. Off the script growing in 2023. And yes, I will be live on Saturday nights with Jesse, AEW Collision. We already got the layout done for that as well. I'm very excited about that. Apparently, Tony Khan is going to be announcing the main event on Wednesday's Dynamite. CM Punk will be in the main event, I'm assuming, being that the show is built around him. 
And he will be in the main event against who? I don't know. Rumor is Samoa Joe. Another rumor is Jay White. Could be Chris Jericho. We don't know. So Tony Khan's going to announce the main event on Dynamite. Another major announcement from Tony Khan, if you guys didn't know. Tony, major announcement, Khan strikes again. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, guys. Monday Night Raw, like I said, was a decent show from Hartford, Connecticut. We open up the show with Seth Rollins, the new world heavyweight champion on Monday night. Rollins made his ring entrance. Fans going crazy for Rollins, obviously singing his song as usual. And he said he thought that was too damn long, being that the title has not been defended on Monday Night Raw in nearly two years. I think the last one to do it was actually Big E. So he said that was too long. So he issued an open challenge on Twitter, and Damian Priest answered the challenge. I don't usually like open challenges for a world title. I don't. I think this title should be taken seriously, but WWE is so creatively inept, and they are so creatively lazy, and they have three hours to book. They figured that a good thing to do would be having Rollins have an open challenge. Let's get Damian Priest in there. Don't really like the world title in an open challenge. I don't like the open challenge in theory in general. I think it's way, way, way overused in pro wrestling in every aspect. AEW does it. They do it to death over at AEW. I can't fucking stand it. WWE doesn't. I can't stand it. Everything's a fucking open challenge. Open challenge to me means you don't really have any creative that is worth anything for that night. It's just the way I see it. I think it's lazy. So he began saying that he's a revolutionary and blah, 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 blah. And then Judgment Day's music hits. Finn Balor and Damian Priest walked out. Seth asked if Dominic Mysterio or Rhea Ripley were hiding somewhere. They were not. Priest said Ripley and Dom have their own interests to worry about. Whatever that may be, we will find out later. Priest said, just worry about them. Seth asked if they do everything together, such as holding hands on the playground or holding the door for each other, or what about when you go to the bathroom? Does he hold your dot, dot, dot? Use your imagination. So they did go there, which at that point, Balor interrupted, and I didn't really like that. Uh, not really a good look for the world champion when you are insinuating that either one of these men hold each other's cocks when they go to the bathroom. Sounds like a Vince McMahon line if I ever heard one. Don't know why your world champion is speaking like that in his literal first title defense coming out of Night of Champions. Balor interrupted and said Seth is going to beat him and take his title from him tonight. Priest said Seth is a deserving champion. You have a very impressive resume. He said it was foolish to issue an open challenge, but it showed that he had a set. He says he didn't know his, uh, this would be his chance and it would come so quickly. He says he doesn't need Ripley, he doesn't need Dominic or Balor to beat him. Seth says he likes that confidence, but he doesn't actually stand a chance against him one-on-one. -on -one. Seth told him to put his money where his mouth is and vow to leave the crew that he runs with in the back. Seth said Balor doesn't fare well when he gets into fights with him, so you might as well keep him in the back. Balor began to yell at Seth, and Priest told Balor, listen, calm down. He's okay. I'm okay. I'm going to accept his terms. Stay in the back. I got this. I'm going to be the new world heavyweight champion by the end of the night, whereas Seth 
will go down in history with the, with one of the shortest title reigns ever. I didn't really uh, I didn't really like this segment. I thought Seth came off rather embarrassing with the uh, insinuation that Balor or Priest hold each other's junk while they go to the bathroom. I didn't really like the fact that this was an open challenge. And I didn't really like the fact that everybody thought that there was a tease or some tension between the Judgment Day here when Balor was looking at Priest after Priest told Balor to stay in the back. It's okay. I got it. I'm going to be the World Heavyweight Champion. I don't know why anybody is insinuating that the Judgment Day break up. I don't know why anybody is thinking the Judgment Day should break up or split or have a member kicked out or booted out or fired. I I don't really understand that. Damian Priest is Judgment Day. Finn Balor is Judgment Day. They all work together as Judgment Day. Why are we talking about splitting somebody up? We should be adding to the group. Judgment Day runs Monday Night Raw. The Bloodline runs SmackDown. It's okay to have two dominant factions on both shows as the top act. Why do we need to start messing shit up and tinkering with things when it's not broken? If it's not broken, there is no need to fix it. Seriously. Now, it looks like by the end of the night, it looks like that Damian Priest and Finn Balor will be going tit for tat over who can beat Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Because at the end of the night, Balor stuck his nose in Priest's business when Priest said he didn't need him to try and help him win the title. And now Balor is eyeing Rollins after Priest lost. That doesn't really bode well as far as Judgment Day sticking together. There will be tension built next week. I guess we're going to have to tune in to find out. Don't really like that. Don't really like that. Now, this leads to either a rematch with Priest at Money in the Bank, because I do see Seth Rollins defending the World Championship at Money in the Bank. There's no reason why he shouldn't be defending the World Championship at Money in the Bank. Maybe he defends against Priest in a rematch. AJ Styles is always a wild card. We could see that, but I don't think so, because Styles is doing God knows what on SmackDown. Rollins versus Priest in a rematch. Rollins versus Balor in a rematch of a rematch of a rematch. Or we could get a triple threat match between Rollins, Priest, and Finn Balor. Now, I don't know what good that would serve, but it's always a possibility. But Seth Rollins right now, he's got uh, a very open-ended money in the bank in the... City of London. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So we'll see what happens at Money in the Bank in the O2 Arena in London, England. So uh, the World Championship probably going to be, or what looks to be, the in-between with Balor and Priest and a possible split of somebody leaving the Judgment Day. I don't know. Becky Lynch. Not a big fan of Becky Lynch, as you guys know. I don't have my soundboard with me. Otherwise, I do the uh, Hobbitses and my Precious, but I don't have that uh, accessible to me this evening. Becky Lynch and Sony Deville, money in the bank qualifier. I didn't really care for this because of its overly predictable nature. But Becky Lynch and Sony Deville didn't have a bad match at all. I thought it was pretty decent. They went 11 minutes. They got some time here to give you a sense that the qualifying match for the Money in the Bank ladder match was somewhat important. 
They tried to stack the odds against Becky Lynch with Sony Deville out there, with Chelsea Green out there, with Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark watching on the stage. They wanted you to get a sense of Becky Lynch fighting from behind. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So... Trish music, uh, Trish's music played, and she's out there with Zoe Stark, and they're watching the match. Sonia tried to uh, roll up Becky, who was distracted from behind, looking at Trish and Zoe. Becky came right back, scored a two count on Sonia. Sonia bailed out to ringside. We go to commercial break. Sonia landed a superplex. Trish and Zoe continued to watch from the entrance ramp. Both Becky and Sonia were slow to get up. Becky had. Uh, just really gotten pissed off at Chelsea Green, who was on the outside after she jumped on the apron. So she went outside and went to go attack Chelsea Green. And Sonia went after Becky, but Becky threw her into the barricade. They cut again to Trish and Zoe looking on. Becky threw Sonia back in the ring. She set up a manhandle slam, but Sonia slipped free and rolled up Becky for a two count. Becky came right back with a disarmor attempt. Sonia then powers out. And rolled up Becky for a leverage pin. She put her boots on the middle rope for illegal extra leverage. Green, who's on the outside, held her boot in place. Becky still kicked out. So like I said, they were stacking the odds against Becky Lynch. Becky avoided a second rope uh, splash or a leg drop or some sort of offensive maneuver by Sonya. And then landed a manhandle slam out of nowhere for the one, two, three. And Becky Lynch goes on to win. And qualify for the money in the bank ladder match. So Becky's in there. Zoe qualified earlier. And uh, I didn't really expect WWE to have Becky Lynch not qualify for money in the bank. So she's in there. And I'm assuming that Trish Stratus is not going to qualify for money in the bank. And I'm assuming that either Zoe or Trish or both are going to... uh, Take away the Money in the Bank victory for Becky Lynch. I don't think Becky Lynch is going to win. I don't think Becky Lynch should win Money in the Bank. I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. The only right outcome for the women's Money in the Bank is EO Sky, and that is it. EO Sky is the only outcome that I care to see. There's nobody else in that match that I care for to win Money in the Bank. As long as we get EO and a potential match against Asuka, I am all set to go. Or EO versus Ripley. I don't really care which one she goes after. They're both tremendous matches. 
if those happen somewhere down the line. But Eosky should win money in the bank. Easy. Becky Lynch wins, and she goes over Sony Deville to qualify for the women's money in the bank. Moving on. Byron Saxton interviewed Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens backstage to get their reaction about what happened with the bloodline on Friday night. Sammy says he's not the type of guy to say, I told you so, but I told you so. KO shot him a look and said, yes, you are the type of guy to tell you I told you so. Sammy said it was great to see Jimmy do what he should have done months ago, and they still have to wait to see what choices Jay makes. He says it's not really his problem anymore, though. All of a sudden, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci interrupt. Ladies and gentlemen. You hear him from a fucking distance. He's interrupting Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Kaiser says they will be their problem as long as they are the tag team champions. KO flipped out and interrupted them and says, you know, we didn't talk about you. We didn't mention you. We didn't call you out. And here you are again, just poking your nose in our business, showing up randomly. Gunther then shows up with Imperium and said to KO that he lacks discipline and he is a disciplined man, and he wants to teach KO some discipline. KO says, that's a great idea. He says, there's a ring set up out there right now where we can settle our differences. He ran to the ring, basically power walked to the ring, and Sami Zayn followed, and it looked like we were getting Kevin Owens really wanting a match with Gunther here on Monday Night Raw. And that's exactly what we got. We got Gunther versus Kevin Owens... Non-title match. No intercontinental title on the line. This was just a straight-up fucking barn burner of a match. This was great. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I wanted to complain that we got this match randomly made out of absolutely nothing. Now, I know Imperium have been kind of on and off with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And on no show at all should we complain about Gunther and anything he does in that ring, especially in a ring with Kevin Owens. The only reason why I wanted to really be critical of this is because I feel like this is a bigger match than WWE just giving it away randomly for free on Monday Night Raw. That's the only problem that I had with it. Because the problem that I had with it is that this match is too big for just a Monday Night Raw. This match can main event any pay-per-view. This match can main event any show anywhere in any company, period. That's how good these guys are. That's how good these guys are. Kevin Owens really made a statement tonight that he could potentially have his name in the hat for the Intercontinental Championship somewhere down the line, and he made a great case for himself to potentially beat Gunther on Monday Night Raw for the Intercontinental Championship, because right now, I don't know who there is on Monday Night Raw. Yes, he will take this title into SummerSlam. Yes, he will break the honky-tonk man's record. Yes, he may fucking retire as Intercontinental Champion at this point. I don't know who else is there for him to beat. But Kevin Owens tonight with this match threw his name into the discussion to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental title. And like I said, I don't know who else there is. Kevin Owens is a guy. Drew McIntyre is a potential. We haven't seen him return to WWE yet since WrestleMania. Ali is always a candidate if they want to do something with him. Matt Riddle is there. I thought Sheamus was the guy at WrestleMania. 
I just did. WWE had other plans for Gunther. They want him to break their uh, intercontinental record. They want to rewrite their record books. So be it. But outside those names, I don't know who else there is. Maybe a call-up. Maybe they're not even on Monday Night Raw. Maybe it's Braun Breaker. Who the fuck knows? Maybe Braun Breaker beats Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Maybe it's somebody from NXT. But Gunther right now, you know, Gunther is not everybody's cup of tea. I will say that. Gunther is not everybody's cup of tea. I get why people may find Gunther boring. I get why people may find Gunther to have no charisma or no personality. You just don't know Gunther enough to say those types of things. Every title match, every near fall, every appearance, every fucking match when it's over and that bell rings and his hand is raised, Gunther's aura, Gunther's allure is growing more and more. His importance is growing more and more and more. Gunther right now is easily, when Roman Reigns is not there, when the bloodline story is not taking center stage, Gunther is easily, and I mean by far and away, the, the best thing, easy, the best thing on WWE television. What the man is doing is incredible. What the man has done up until this point has been incredible. I mean, who's going to beat him? Who's going to beat him? There's a possibility that nobody beats him. But there's also a possibility that he looks at Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship while still being the Intercontinental Championship. There may be a point where Gunther doesn't even lose the championship. There's a, there is a real possibility that Gunther beats Rollins for the World Championship and then gives up the Intercontinental title because they have nobody else to beat Gunther to keep his undefeated streak going. It's a possibility. That may be the best creative decision for WWE as it pertains to Gunther at this point. Because realistically, who would you deem deserving, most deserving to beat him for that Intercontinental title right now? There is nobody. There is nobody. It could be a call-up like a Tyler Bate. I've seen some people mentioning Tyler Bate in the chat. That would be fucking great. A throwback to the NXT UK World Championship title match. Ilya Dragunov. There's rumors that Ilya Dragunov is going to get called up from NXT and get placed in Imperium. Maybe he gets placed in Imperium and they build some sort of tension between them somewhere in the future. I, I don't know. I don't know. But as far as I see it right now with the rosters that we see currently, there is nobody there. Nobody. He may go and wrestle for the World's Heavyweight Championship and then win it and then give up the IC title, leave it vacant, have a tournament for it. He never lost it. You give up one to continue with the other and still remain undefeated. It's a possibility. This was fucking great. This match was easily the match of the night. They wrestled back and forth. Gunther legitimately was dissecting Kevin Owens. Beat this motherfucker to a pulp for most of this match. It went 18 minutes. I would say for the first 13 minutes, Gunther was in control. Owens tried to send Tom Bomb during the commercial break, but Gunther got his knees up. Gunther slammed Owens, wrenched his neck, snapped his neck old school. Gunther booted Owens, but Owens kicked out at one. Owens smacked Gunther, but Gunther booted him again. His big boots are fucking vicious. Gunther chopped Owens. 
Gunther then applied a Boston Crab transition into a crossface. Owens fought to his feet and hit a chop, but Gunther knocked him down with an even more devastating chop. Owens blocked a suplex. Gunther knocked him down with a clothesline. Owens battled back with some of his own clotheslines, but Gunther hit a German suplex that landed Owens right on his neck. My God. Owens ducked a clothesline from Gunther again, hit a German suplex of his own on Gunther. They traded strikes back and forth, but Gunther chopped him down, and Owens could not stand the mighty chop. Gunther then mocked Owens, who came back, and he delivered three super kicks to Gunther, threw him into the corner, big cannonball, Gunther blocked a stunner, but he hit a drop kick. Owens came back with a fisherman buster on Gunther, which looked devastating for a close two count. Gunther suplexed Owens off the middle rope for another near fall two. Gunther tried for the big splash, but Owens got the knees up, hit another senton bomb for a near fall. Owens set up for the stunner, the stunner and was distracted by Giovanni Vinci, who jumped on the apron. Sami Zayn gets involved. He pulled Vinci off the apron, took him out. Owens went after Vinci because he wanted to protect Sami Zayn. Owens then went after Kaiser and gave him a stunner. Kaiser got into the ring. He gave him a stunner. But Gunther used this distraction as an opportunity to roll Owens up in a schoolboy from behind. One, two, three, and Gunther pins Owens and escapes Kevin Owens with the victory. Awesome shit. Just an awesome, awesome, awesome fucking match, man. I, I Like I told you, it could main event any show, any pay-per-view, on any planet, in any promotion. This was fucking great. And I don't really know, and I'm going to say this again for the people just joining me, man. I, I don't know who's going to beat Gunther. I, I, I don't know who's going to beat Gunther, and, and it may be in WWE's best interests to not beat Gunther, period. Maybe that's what Triple H is thinking in the end. Nobody's beating this guy. Because the longer Gunther remains undefeated, he was undefeated for, what, 800 days? Now, yeah, that was in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of those days were pandemic days where the world shut down and NXT UK was not operating. But this man went 800 days with the NXT UK title. He goes and does 400 days. He's halfway to his NXT UK title reign. Who knows? Maybe Triple H wants to recreate what he did with Gunther in NXT UK here on the main roster, but this time with the Intercontinental and World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know. We'll see. Kathy Kelly. She interviewed somebody who wants a shot at the IC title, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was tired of seeing Gunther cheat every week, and this potentially could be set up for money in the bank. Kaiser walked up and told him to watch his mouth and don't talk about the ring general like that. Riddle asked, what are you going to do about it? Kaiser asked, what are you going to do about it? And patted Riddle's chest, pointed at him aggressively. Riddle attacked Kaiser, threw him over some production crates, applied an ankle lock on Giovanni Vinci. Officials come and separate these guys. Vinci was clutching his ankle in pain. Kaiser checked on Vinci and Riddle finally got angry. No more uh, bro out there for Matt Riddle. He got serious. So we may be looking at Matt Riddle versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, and you know that's going to be a fucking banger when that match happens. Byron Saxon interviewed Ronda Drowsy. Again, I don't have my soundboard, otherwise I would do the uh, Drowsy sound effect. Ronda Drowsy and Shayna Baszler backstage with Byron Saxon. Baszler says they manifested this World Tag Team title reign 
years ago in the octagon. Sure you did. Rousey says it's past time they legitimize the women's tag team division. Caden Carter and Katana Chance walked up and says if they're looking for a challenge, look no further. Carter says they're the life of the party. Katana Chance said the best way to make their Raw debut would be to step in the ring with the baddest team on the planet. Rousey says they apparently are in Munchkin land. Baszler said that's a Vince McMahon line, by the way. Just want to let you guys know this entire promo backstage between Rousey, Baszler, and Caden Carter and Katana Chance was very, very overly scripted. It did not come off naturally whatsoever. It felt very Vince McMahon-ish. They're apparently in Munchkin land, says Ronda Rousey. Baszler says they are brave. Rousey says that's generous. Baszler said what offsets, what offsets bravery is the sound of tendons and ligaments being torn off of their bodies. Ronda Rousey said baptism by fire, I see. Go let Adam Pierce know, and I'm sure he will grant your wish. Didn't really like this backstage segment. It kind of made Katana Chance and Caden Carter seem less than. Didn't really like them getting a shot at the tag team champions to begin with. Even though this was a non-title match, I would not have booked this match on their first night. I don't know who books this shit, but apparently Katana Chance and Caden Carter, they are being thrown right into the fire. Again, a Vince McMahon move. Vince McMahon has been known to take NXT talent that he doesn't know to throw them in there throw them into the deep end of the pool to see if they can swim, and then from there, he will assess the situation. This was basically like Ronda said, a baptism or a trial by fire for Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Now, I would not have booked this match. I said this on social media tonight. I would not have booked this match. I don't like, and for all the fucking geeks out there that want to complain that I complain, let me let me educate you on where I come from, okay? Katana Chance and Kata Carter. Out of all the teams that WWE has in its women's division, they got Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. They've been a tag team for a little bit. Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, they're the tag team champions here. But by the way, we still got no explanation as to why the NXT women's tag team champions are on the main roster with the regular women's tag team champions. But who am I to ask? Who am I to ask, right? So we got those two teams, and we got Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Three teams. Caden Carter and Katana Chance are one of, if not the best, legitimate duos in the women's division. They are great, and they've come a long way. I'm a big fan of these two. They got some great double team moves. They work very well together. They are in sync. They are a good time to watch. They are energetic. They are charismatic. And I think both ladies are fucking great. I really do. I'm a big, big fan of what they do and what they have done in NXT. I would not have booked this match because you know that they're not winning against the tag team champions. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler legitimately won the tag team championships last week on Monday Night Raw. Non-title match or title match, Ronda and Shayna are not losing as tag team champions. They said they lobbied for the tag team titles. 
Ronda Rousey went to management and demanded these championships. You think Ronda Rousey is going to win these titles and then turn around in one week and fucking lose? No. No. Not by DQ, not by countout, not by pinfall. They're not losing. Because the champions need to look strong. Ronda Rousey, not a fan, but she's not stupid. Kaden Carter and Katana Chance getting a shot at the champions on night one in their debut, even though it was a good showcase. Where do they go from here? That's my point. You, you get a match against the champions, you lose. Where do you go? You were already at the bottom. Now all you did was basically get thrown into a match with the tag team champions and lose, and everybody is going to look at you as not good enough. Everyone's going to look at you like a loser. Instead of taking them and getting them some wins to eventually challenge the tag team championships for the tag team championships, WWE did it backwards. Throwing them in there against the champions, having them lose, and then go right back to the bottom of the barrel, having to work their way back up. Meanwhile, they should have been working their way up for weeks now because the draft happened six weeks ago. This is their first match in six weeks on Monday Night Raw after getting called up. Where the fuck have they been? I don't like it. It's just illogical booking. Now, with that said, I thought they actually performed incredibly well tonight. In fact, I thought they carried Shayna and Ronda in this match instead of it being the other way around. The challengers carried the champions tonight. That's how good they were. I thought this was fun. And they really showed you exactly what they're made of. And if you didn't know who they were, you know who they were after tonight because I thought they did great. Carter and Chance almost picked up the surprise win after their after-party double-team move on Ronda Rousey, but Baszler barely broke up the cover. Now, the crowd was kind of deflated through most of this thing because they don't really know who Caden Carter and Katana Chance are. But I hope after tonight, they start getting some type of reaction when they are out there, the more that they do it. So, Baszler stomped on Chance's elbow. She's being beaten down. Carter got the hot tag. Carter kicked Baszler and played to the crowd, got some cheers. Chance drove Baszler's head into the mat, scored a near fall. Baszler tagged in, lifted Carter over her shoulders. Chance tagged in. Rousey charged shoulder first, but Caden avoided her, and she hit the ring post. Chance then gave Rousey, who was stunned, a top rope 450 splash for a near fall. That was broken up by Shayna. Carter dropkicked Baszler at ringside, and Baszler... She cuts off Carter's momentum, applied a Kirafuda clutch, and taps out for the victory. Actually, it was on uh, Katana Chance, not Caden Carter. Katana Chance tapped out, and that was enough for the victory. So that was it there. Um, I enjoyed what they did. I just think it could have been done a little bit better to really highlight who they are, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. And by the way, I have one major criticism of them appearing on Monday Night Raw. Why does everything from NXT need to change when they get called up to the main roster? If you guys watch NXT, which I know many of you don't, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, they come out, they got this like, what, what do they call them fucking, the, those big part, raves, right? They got this whole rave type entrance and they got the fucking, you know, the, uh, the, the smoke blowers, they're the, the blowing the smoke from the fucking smoke guns that they got out there. And it's, it, really, it really feels like one big party for Katana Chance and Katana Carter. Why, why did they take that away from their entrance? 
Why did they? Why did they omit that from their entrance tonight? That's who they were in NXT. Why does it have to be, you know, very simplistic, very vanilla, very boring on Monday Night Raw? Why can't we just take what they were doing in NXT and apply it to the main roster? Why do we have to change it when they get called up to the main roster? They didn't have the rave gimmick. Like, where did it go? This is what I don't like about call-ups and Vince McMahon being there. Oh, we, we can't have them be too, too over, pal. I mean, give me a break. They can't be more popular than Shayna and Ronda, pal. Ridiculous. Vince doesn't understand that he takes it away. He wants to prove to Triple H that what he's doing is right. Don't like it. But an impressive debut for Katana Chance and Kata Carter, nonetheless. Backstage, Bronson Reed approached Ricochet. Bronson Reed called him lucky because he got into the money in the bank. Said he ragdolled him around the ring last month and beat him. Yet Ricochet is now in the money in the bank ladder match. Ricochet then called Bronson Reed homeboy. Does anybody really refer to anybody as homeboy anymore? Sounds very 90s, right? Homeboy, Shinsuke Nakamura ended your undefeated streak. Bronson Reed said he dominated Nakamura. Nakamura walked in and said, yes, but I still beat you. Bronson Reed said next time the result will be different. Ricochet then told Nakamura that he deserves props for handling Bronson Reed last week. Ricochet said he'll handle him tonight and hand him an L. Nakamura told him to prove it in the ring. Ricochet uh, still needs uh, work on those promos, I see. Great wrestler. Shitty promo. We got a reintroductory vignette on Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano talking about being an underdog whom people have always underestimated. He says he was a kid from Cleveland, Ohio with a dream. And he traveled around the world for over 10 years to live that dream. He says he was told at the performance center at first there was no place for him. But five years later, he was the face of NXT. And we've seen clips of black and gold and clips of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa through the highs and the lows. And I started to cry and shed some tears because I miss black and gold. He dared everyone to underestimate him again because this is where I thrive. He said perseverance in his own special way will be the story, and he's just getting started. Now, I mentioned who is on the roster that is there, that is a potential opponent for Gunther to take down Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. You're looking at him right here. If there is one guy at the top of my list for Gunther and the intercontinental title reign of Gunther's to end, it would be Johnny Gargano. Can you imagine if you give them a blank canvas, knowing what Gunther can do, knowing what Johnny can do, give them a blank canvas and let them fucking paint. Can you imagine? I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Some of you guys don't really know what Johnny Gargano possesses, man, I tell you. Some of you guys look at, oh, he's a vanilla midget. Oh, he's small. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. He's a jobber. He hasn't done anything. Johnny Gargano led NXT for five years as the top guy. 
Everything he did was fucking perfection. Gold. One of the greatest feuds in the history of this company with his best friend. Not saying that it's going to happen. Not saying that it should be it. It's got to be it. But there's a potential there. I don't call him Johnny Wrestling and Johnny Takeover for no reason. Go back and do your fucking homework. All they need to do is change his fucking theme music. Give me the old Rebel Heart back and not this fucking New Age bullshit that they got him coming out to. By the way, guys, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 625 likes on the live stream tonight. If you are enjoying the podcast tonight, please, let's try and get that as close to 1,000 as possible. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, as always. And memberships are there. If you guys want to join in and become a VIP right here on Off the Script, you guys can hit that join button down below and join to become a channel member. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet. This is a battle of two guys who have already qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. This went about nine minutes. This went to a no contest because uh, of Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed wanted to poke his nose and get back at Ricochet for the nasty comments that Ricochet said earlier in the show, calling him homeboy. He's not his homeboy. I'll tell you that right now. This match picked up a little bit after a commercial break. They didn't really get too much time because Bronson Reed interfered and caused a no contest. So Bronson Reed attacks, squashes both Nakamura and Ricochet in the corner. Ricochet got on the back of Bronson Reed, but he hit Nakamura with a splash anyway to break free of Ricochet's clutches. And then he goes up to the top rope and hits Ricochet with a tsunami splash with Ricochet face first on his stomach right across the back. Fans chanted one more time, one more time. They wanted another, another tsunami splash and Bronson Reed said, yeah, fuck off. A consummate heel is Bronson Reed. Love it. Bronson Reed is great. I honestly think Bronson Reed is going to get a last-ditch qualifying match for the Money in the Bank ladder match. I do. We got three men right now. We got LA Knight. We got Ricochet. We got Shinsuke Nakamura. I do think that they do the last qualifier or last chance qualifying match. I think Bronson Reed will be a part of that some way, shape, or form. We'll see what happens. I think Bronson Reed should be in the Money in the Bank qualifying match. And if he's in, he is absolutely going to be a dark horse in that Money in the Bank ladder match. I can absolutely see him winning Money in the Bank. Though I would not give it to him. I would give it to LA Knight. But I could absolutely see him being a threat in the Money in the Bank ladder match uh, come that last chance, potentially. Maxine Dupree. She was with Chad Gable and Otis backstage. Apparently, she is still calling him Otis. They are feuding with the uh, Viking Raiders and Valhalla. They were chatting about Otis's name and how to pronounce it. Otis says, listen, guys, it doesn't matter. Tomato, tomato. He should have said uh, Otis because I hate the name Otis. I think it's just cringe. Otis says that they would like to teach Maxine how to take on the Viking lady, Valhalla. Gable said she has to change her clothes before she, be, she can begin training. She said that she had the perfect outfit in her locker, and Gable said, now we're talking, let's get everybody in the academy. 
I, I don't know why we're feuding these two teams together, but I guess everybody needs something to do, huh? Not really interested in seeing Maxine Dupree wrestle on Monday Night Raw. Miz TV. As we go into the third hour of the show. Cody Rhodes. My guy Cody Rhodes, man. Every time, every time I talk about Cody Rhodes, I upset some fucking poor geek online. Can't say nothing bad about Cody Rhodes on social media nowadays. Otherwise, you get fucking the Cody crew. Those Cody stands coming out. And, oh, Cody, you're so negative. Oh, you're such a hater. Every week you hate Cody. I don't hate Cody. You fucking idiots. I don't hate Cody. Who says I hate Cody? Please pull up anywhere where it says I hate Cody Rhodes. I don't understand it. It's like nobody listens to me. I don't hate Cody. I hate Cody's creative. There is a major difference. You fucking break. I hate Cody. Why? Because I don't like the creative direction of Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw. I hate Cody. Miz TV. Miz is out there. He introduces Cody Rhodes. Fans are uh, chanting along and singing his song. He's got the uh, arm brace on, right? He's got the broken arm, Cody Rhodes. Whoa! He's out there. He's got the arm brace. It's funny, man. Cody, I mentioned this on social media, man. Cody, Cody's during his entrance, right? He's got, he does the whoa, right? He's got the one arm. He, he lifts one arm up to do the, uh, the, the, the whole fucking uh, entrance thing, right? He's got his arm there in the sling. He's doing this. He's got one arm up. He can't lift the other arm. But this guy can perform a perfect tope suicida. On Brock Lesnar with a broken arm, but he can't lift his arm doing the entrance, right? He can't do, whoa! He does it with one arm. Fucking ridiculous. This guy can do a fucking perfect Cody cutter off the top rope with a broken arm. He can't lift his arm during his entrance. Whoa! Cody's out there. Miz... Ask Cody about challenging Brock Lesnar. That's why we're here, man. We're talking about Brock Lesnar. Said he beat him at Night of Champions and broke his arm, yet he still wants to fight him again in any city he shows up in. Don't you think that's kind of stupid, says Miz. Cody called Miz Mike. Boy, you're really starting off hot there, Mike, huh? Says Cody. Miz says, when we're in the ring, it's The Miz. First name, The. Last name, Miz. The Miz. Cody said he hadn't heard it. Called stupid. But he's heard people call it crazy. And say it took balls. Cody then asks, you know, a tiny little bit about that. Right, Mike? Right, Miz? And fans chanted, tiny balls, tiny balls. Just to give you guys uh, a glimpse into who wrote this promo. His name is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You can blame him. Because when we're still doing the tiny balls shtick with The Miz, you know Vince is completely involved because it's dirty humor. Cody said the Beast is on his annual hibernation, so they won't be seeing him for a while. 
great. We won't be seeing Brock Lesnar for a while, yet there's a report going around saying that the match at SummerSlam will be Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar 3 in some sort of stipulation match, says Dave Meltzer. And it's already rumored that Cody is not bringing back the dog collar match to WWE as he's already asked and he got turned down. So what type of match is it going to be? It'll probably be some Texas bull rope match, which is basically a dog collar match in uh, Texas terms, right? With a leather strap or a bull rope instead of a fucking dog chain. Or they're going to do the very stereotypical Cody family bunkhouse match, which is basically uh, a Texas death match or a Texas uh, death match rules type of match. No DQ, whatever, whatever. They're going to they're going to pretty it up and make some sort of fucking shitty stipulation to give you guys the uh, investment there to watch Cody and Brock do number three at SummerSlam. So all the rumors of Reigns and Rhodes at SummerSlam, that is now a puff of smoke. Goodbye. So what is Roman Reigns going to do at SummerSlam? Is he going to wrestle Jay? Is he going to wrestle Jimmy? Is he going to wrestle both Jimmy and Jay? I don't know. Maybe he wrestles Solo Sokoa at SummerSlam. I don't know. Storyline can go any which way there with the bloodline. Last man standing. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of last man standing matches, bro. I'm not a big fan of last man standing matches. I think the uh, referee counting in the middle of the match kind of takes away from the momentum of the match. I don't like them. I don't like, I don't like last man standing matches. I don't like battle Royals. I, I think a last man standing match would absolutely uh, kind of kill the uh, rest of the feud completely. Not like there's much there to begin with, but a last man standing match does not sound like a good idea for Cody and Brock Lesnar with one arm. Quote, unquote. So, the Beast is on his annual hibernation, says Cody Rhodes. Miz says he has a surprise for Cody. He says his guest shares the pressure of being a multi-generational wrestler. I thought he was going to bring out Roman Reigns. He said he brings out Dominic Mysterio. So Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley walk to the ring. Dom is getting booed as he starts to insult Cody. And Dominic has these boos raining down upon him. And I'm listening to the crowd in Stanford. And all of a sudden, the boos just stop. All of a sudden, you can actually hear Dominic speak clearly on the microphone. What happened? I want you guys to know that WWE is now manipulating the piped-in crowd noise for Dominic Mysterio. Sometimes they're piped in, sometimes they're not. They are 50-50. They are manufacturing booze for Dominic Mysterio. And for all the geeks on my social media tonight, for all the people that want to argue with me on what I thought was a good Monday Night Raw, I don't know why you guys have to pick arguments with me, but what I say goes, okay? Some people are out there. I don't know where these fucking people come from. Maybe these people don't realize what's going on around them. There are legitimately people out there that think that Dominic Mysterio is the best heel in all of pro wrestling. Where did this narrative come from? Dominic Mysterio is the best heel in all of professional wrestling? All I look at when I see Dominic is, yeah, he gets some decent reactions. Yeah, he gets some piped-in reactions so they enhance the way he feels and looks on television. 
But all I see when I look at Dominic Mysterio is Rhea Ripley's bitch. Yet I got people calling Dominic Mysterio better than MJF. A better heel than MJF. What are you fucking people on drugs? I'm not sure if you realize that Roman Reigns is on the other show. Best heel in, in pro wrestling. He's not even the best heel in his fucking company. The fuck are you talking about? How do you think Dominic Mysterio is a better heel than MJF? What are you people fucking retarded? Holy shit. Fucking lose brain cells. Browsing Twitter. Especially the IWC. How is Dominic a better heel than Roman Reigns? He's not even a better heel than Rhea Ripley. God, people are fucking stupid. I don't know, man. Maybe the, maybe the uh, AEW sound guys manufactured booze for Don Callis. Don Callis has Dominic beat. People accept mediocrity. That's the problem. People are so accepting of mediocrity. Like Dominic gets decent heat. Dominic is getting heat because he's in Judgment Day. Dominic is not getting heat because Dominic is great. Dominic is getting heat because of the people that he's surrounded with. But calling him better than Roman Reigns and MJF. Fuck out of here, man. You guys are crazy. Anyway. Dominic Mysterio is out there. Dominic says Cody is a bad father. And he should be home taking care of his daughter. I see no lies detected there. I don't know why this segment was necessary. He said, Cody is a deadbeat dad, just like Rey Mysterio. Cody stood and says he has a ton of empathy for Dom. He said the 15 minutes he spent in prison was really rough on him. He says he has a worse prison tattoo than he does. He said he went on to have a match with his father at WrestleMania, but it was more of a public spanking than a fight. Cody said nobody's perfect, and Ray likely isn't the perfect father either. He says he's made terrible mistakes, and I know that because I'm looking at one. So we got a Cody chant because people thought that was a nice burn on Dominic Mysterio. Ripley tried to calm Dominic down. Dominic turned, and he looked like he was leaving the ring. Cody turned his back. Dominic ran up to Cody and slapped him in the face. Rhea Ripley then got in between Cody and Dominic, and Ripley dared Cody to slap her as Dominic was taunting from behind Rhea Ripley. Like I said, Dominic is Rhea's bitch. Dominic left the ring. Cody turned and punched The Miz, who was laughing with his bionic fucking wrist or arm or whatever cast he's got on there. Miz was knocked out cold due to uh, Mr. Bionic Cody Rhodes. And this is the way the segment came to a close. Now, I said on social media, I don't really know what this built to. Like, what did this build towards? This was completely out of left field. Cody on Miz TV talking about Brock, and then we get Dominic and Rhea Ripley getting thrown in there, and something potentially, quote-unquote, I use that loosely, is being set up between Dominic Mysterio and, and Cody Rhodes. Now, Brandy Rhodes... I don't know how likely this is because Brandy has a big mouth on social media and everything bad that happens to Cody Rhodes, she's always got some some comment or some tweet to go along with it. 
What is Cody doing at Money in the Bank? I I need to know. Because Cody's out here with his bionic arm. Cody Rhodes is the biggest baby face on Monday Night Raw. WWE has this mega show called Money in the Bank coming up at the O2 in London in uh, three weeks, right? Cody should be at the pay-per-view, I'm assuming, right? What does Cody do at Money in the Bank? Do we get Cody versus Dominic? Is that why they did this tonight? Are we getting Cody Rose versus Dominic as a bridge between him and Lesnar? Not really the most exciting, entertaining match for Cody Rhodes. I don't look at it as a pay-per-view match either. For all you Dominic stands out there, I don't look at it as a pay-per-view match. I don't really find any interest in that whatsoever. Is this setting up? Because Rhea Ripley doesn't have a clear-cut opponent for Money in the Bank either. They have set up nobody for her on Monday Night Raw. Nobody. She beat Natalia in 60 seconds. 69 seconds, I believe. Wink, wink. They have set up no other opponent for Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw to defend that title against. Are we looking at Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes versus Dominic and Rhea Ripley at Money in the Bank? It's a possibility. Just can throw it out there. Am I interested in that? Probably not. The likely scenario here, the likely scenario I see, and I talked about this on a Twitter spaces that I did with uh, my guy Andrew Baydala and some friends today. You guys should definitely check out those Twitter spaces on Twitter. They're always a good time. Very, very good back and forth between us. A lot of great opinion on those things. I said this today, and it definitely feels like it could be happening next week. Monday Night Raw still needs one more name to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, I don't know if they're going to have a last chance battle uh, of uh, who gets into the money in the bank. I don't know. But I could see Dominic and Cody next week on Raw or whenever they do it. The following week, I could see Dominic and Cody having a one-on-one match on Monday Night Raw with the winner advancing to money in the bank. Cody's got to do something at the pay-per-view, right? Cody's got to do something. Why not put him in the Money in the Bank ladder match? It would give people the hope that maybe he wins it. It would give WWE a little bit of an unpredictable twist with Cody in Money in the Bank. He says Brock Lesnar's on his annual hibernation for the next few months. Cody goes into Money in the Bank. Cody is this close to winning Money in the Bank. Out comes Brock Lesnar. He ruins Cody Rhodes' chance of winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then we get the match at SummerSlam via the stipulation. And then we end this feud once and for all. I don't know. That's more than likely where we go with this. But Dominic and Cody on pay-per-view, that doesn't sound great at all. That sounds fucking terrible. Cody and Brandy versus Rhea and Dominic, maybe. They got some weeks to build that up. Do I want to see Brandy on television? Fuck no. But Cody and Dominic and Money in the Bank qualifier, I could see that with Brock Lesnar then ruining Cody's chances at the pay-per-view and ruining him from winning Money in the Bank. There is probably uh, where Cody is going to find himself uh, best fitting into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I don't know. 
We need adversity, pal. Ridiculous. I don't know why Cody's on TV. Why was this segment needed? He said nothing. There's just nothing that Cody says that's important. Zoe Stark. She went one-on-one with Natalia. Zoe Stark nattied Natalia. Three minutes. Natalia had a sharpshooter on in the middle of the ring. Zoe crawled over and grabbed the bottom rope to force a break. Natalia went after Stark at ringside and threw her back in the ring. Trish kicked Natalia from behind as she was re-entering. The ref didn't see it. Zoe gave Natalia her Z360. Natty got nattied. Zoe Stark advances to Money in the Bank, and nobody gave a single shit about what happened here. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's on Monday Night Raw. So much for that brand split, folks, huh? Did he have a visitor's pass today? No. He's just there. He was on Monday Night Raw inviting viewers to tune into SmackDown to see Jay Uso make his historic choice. He said he sometimes is tasked with delivering unpleasant news. He said this is one of those times. He said the news is not pleasant and it will rip the family apart because Jay will make his choice and Jay will choose to stand by his brother. Solo. He says you can share a womb with your twin, but you'll never be closer in life to him than the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. He said live on SmackDown, Jay will acknowledge that fact or else. Well, they really know how to build uh, drama over there on Friday night, huh? Indus Share. They were supposed to have a tag team match with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Uh, this match went one, one minute. When you want to know what Vince McMahon booked on this show, here you go. One minute. Indus Share and the uh, former members of the Hurt Business. The match never happened. Legitimately, this segment went one minute. Veer and Sangha attack Alexander and Benjamin before the bell, and it was determined uh, when Alexander was beat up so badly, the referee called the match off. Shelton Benjamin took one big boot. He got tossed from the ring. He never see, he was never seen again. And Cedric Alexander got the shit kicked out of him. So much for the hurt business, huh? Why don't they just end up releasing these guys? Just release Cedric into the wild and release Shelton Benjamin from his WWE contract. We get it, Vince. You don't want the Hurt Business back. You hated the Hurt Business, and you think both Alexander and Benjamin are jobbers. I don't see what this is doing for in the share either. They're not very uh, exciting, to say the least. Main event. Seth Rollins and Damian Priest for the World Heavyweight Championship. It's the first time in almost two years that the World Heavyweight Championship or a World Championship has been defended on Monday Night Raw. Rollins and Priest had a damn good match. You know, for all the people that uh, are very down on Damian Priest, oh, well, Priest, he got buried at uh, Backlash. Where did Priest get buried at Backlash? He was amongst, how many people were in that fucking crowd? 15,000, 16,000 people at Backlash? 
in the main event with the biggest musical artist on the planet? Yeah, I'm sure that's Barry, right? You fucking break. And the IWC are a bunch of fucking idiots. I don't know why you listen to half of these fucking people. Damian Priest buried. Wrestled Bad Bunny in the main event is in one of the most popular fucking factions in the entire wrestling world. He's in the main event with Seth Rollins tonight. If anything, he showed you that he's a main event guy. Yeah, but he's buried. Now he can't win a match. He's buried. Ridiculous. He had a very good match. And Rollins had control early. Priest punched him out of midair. And uh, this was a great movie. Jumped off the barricade, did Rollins, and he got fucking nailed flush in the face. Looked like he took it right on the nose. Priest had control until Rollins came back with some strikes and enziguri, some clotheslines, a big super kick, clothesline again, a backbreaker. He goes up top, and Priest avoided the signature Rollins frog splash, and he rolls through, and Rollins was hit with a big boot. Rollins then tries a suicide dive on a, on a little bit of a comeback. And Priest caught him with a flatliner onto the announce desk, catching him with the suicide dive. Rollins was uh, again in control for a little bit. He tried a sunset flip powerbomb. Priest blocked it. Rollins ran up the ropes and hit a superplex, followed by a signature falcon arrow for a two. Rollins followed with three straight suicide dives, and the last one sent Priest over the announce desk. I do not like Rollins' suicide dive. I think he should take it out of his moveset. I think his suicide dive sucks. I think Rollins' suicide dive is as bad as John Moxley's suicide dive. There's just no impact. It's just him lunging himself through the ropes as weakly as possible, and there's no impact on the suicide dive. You want a suicide dive done right, you look at Darby Allen. That's a suicide dive. Or Samoa Joe, that's a suicide dive. Or Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, whatever. Brian Danielson, that's a suicide dive. Rollins is not a suicide dive. All I see is someone that's potentially going to get injured off of a shitty-looking move. So, Priest, he rolls over the announce desk. Rollins then hits a super kick back in the ring. A frog splash for a two-count. Then they start exchanging strikes. Priest hits a headlock driver for a two. Looked like a STF, kind of. I think it was actually an STF. Priest followed with a top rope Frankenstein for a two count. Rollins followed with a pedigree for a close two count. Rollins then powerbombed Priest on the outside onto the barricade, which did not look good at all. Priest immediately went to go clutch his shoulder. I don't know why they still continue to do this move. Priest is not the smallest guy, so I don't know what had happened there, but Priest took a nasty bump on the barricade, and I hope that he's all right. I really do. The announcers reminded us that's the same move that took out Balor years ago. Speaking of which, Balor showed up at ringside. Rollins took him out with a super kick. Priest told him to stay away, but he's out there anyway. Rollins went for the curb stomp, but Priest did a clothesline and a south of heaven chokeslam with one arm. He's like Cody out there for a near fall. Priest saw Balor at ringside and asked him, what are you doing here? Priest went for a razor's edge on Rollins, but he dropped Rollins because his shoulder was hurt from the barricade bomb. Rollins hit him with a super kick, some forearms, and followed with a final curb stomp for the one, two, three. Seth Rollins retains... 
the World Heavyweight Championship. Match started off a little slow. It picked up towards the end. I thought the last two or three minutes was excellent by these two guys. Balor got in the ring, faced off with Rollins, and Rollins waved him goodbye as Monday Night Raw went off the air. Now, I don't know if this means Rollins versus Balor at the pay-per-view. I don't know if this means Priest will get a rematch. I don't know if this means Balor and Priest versus Rollins in a triple threat match. I don't know. I don't know. Are they kicking out Balor? Are they kicking out Priest? Are they going to replace one of them with J.D. McDonough? Which is the rumor going around. I don't know. I would not kick out anybody from Judgment Day. I think that they are very popular. I don't know why you would break the group up when they haven't even hit their stride yet. It would feel very premature to kick somebody out of Judgment Day. And we've been there, done that, with both Balor and Priest as babyfaces. And believe me, it did not work. You do not want to see a babyface Damian Priest. Not with Vince McMahon in charge. You guys know how well that went the first time around. I don't want to see it. Priest has had a new lease on life as a heel. We don't need to change something that clearly is not broken. Same thing with Balor. I don't want to see Balor as a babyface. I don't want to see Balor out of Judgment Day. I don't want to see Balor go back to his old self. This is the best presentation of both of them on the main roster, period. Monday Night Raw was very good tonight. Monday Night Raw was good. Some excellent wrestling. Balor and the Priest saga, I don't know what's going to happen there, if there's going to be some tension there. Rollins and Priest, very good match. Gunther and Kevin Owens, excellent match. Easily the match of the night. We got Money in the Bank qualifiers. We got Caden Carter and Katana Chance showcasing themselves tonight. We got another lackluster, unimportant Cody Rhodes appearance, which set up something with Dominic and Rhea Ripley. Don't know what that is. So we got some questions going into Monday next week. And Money in the Bank build is still ongoing. We got three more spots for the men, and I believe... Three more spots for the ladies, if I'm not mistaken. EO is in there. Bailey may be in there as well. I think there may be two spots left. EO and Bailey are in Money in the Bank, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. Becky and Zoe. So we got two for the ladies and three more for the men. See what happens. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you very much for hanging out with me tonight on Monday nights here for the Monday Night Raw review. If you enjoyed the video, if you enjoyed the podcast tonight, please hit that thumbs up. We got 759 likes. I'd love to get as close to 1,000. That's possible tonight on Monday night. So hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel, all on the homepage for you. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And make sure you guys check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You're going to get a free sample. And all you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Super Chats. Let's start at the top, man. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. J.D., have you ever watched American Dad and Bob's Burgers? American Dad is great. Bob's Burgers, I'm not a fan. Family Guy is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. 
Lord J. Coyle with a $5 super chat. I've seen people on Twitter suggest three stages of hell for Cody versus Brock. Like this whole feud hasn't been three stages of hell. Legitimately. Could be three stages of hell. Could be a last man standing. Could be a Texas bull rope match. Could be a bunkhouse match. Three stages of hell. I'll be all for that. I don't know how Cody's going to survive that with a fucking broken arm. But we'll see. Sham World with eight months in the venue. Raw is decent so far. Seeds planted for Rollins versus Ballot for the World's Heavyweight title. Gunther was awesome as always, and I like how they reintroduced Johnny Gargano. Thank you for eight months, brother. Not today, Jay, with nine months. First off, happy nine months, JD. And two, I want to say it's very hard to hate Cody, the man, but Cody, the character, needs a better story. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. AC with a new membership. AC, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Michelle Moran with a two dollar super chat. Sammy KO beat Imperium. Why are they still in, Why are they still feuding? I have no fucking idea. I have no idea. Tony Brown with four ninety nine. I like Zoe for some reason. JD. We all have our quirks, Tony Brown. We all have different tastes. That is quite all right, my brother. Blurred the nerd with a five-dollar super chat. Who is the best heel right now? MJF. Who is the best heel reaction? Roman, MJF, or Dominic? Roman. Dom is the best in getting the crowd involved. Dom is the best heel. No, he's not. Dominic is not the best heel. Nowhere close. Beyond the script. 199. Can't wait for the new show, brother. Fire. Should be a good one on Tuesday. Not this Tuesday, next Tuesday. Justin with a 499. Good evening, JD. I pre-ordered the AEW Fight Forever Elite Edition today. Which version do you plan on getting? The standard or the elite edition? I'm getting the elite edition, Justin. Blurred the nerd. Gunther vs. KO is already a match of the year contender. Triple H must have been in charge tonight. I don't know who the fuck was in charge tonight, but uh, it looked like largely a Triple H show. With some Vince-isms in there. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. Tonight's show was decent. Can't believe we got Gunther KO on TV. Cody is becoming nothing more than an entrance right now. Also, I'm tired of Rhea being wasted. She should be helping raise the women's division. Uh, Ray J, uh, WWE should be helping raise the women's division, not Rhea Ripley. It's not Rhea Ripley's fault. She has nothing to do. It's the fucking creative team.
Mr. J with a new membership. Mr. J, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? The OTS Tribal Queen. 18 months. Tonight, Cody Rhodes got bitch slapped by Condom. This is getting messy. Baby Shaq, 342 with 13 months. What's going on, JD? Already know you excited for Forbidden Door 2. Two matches is already set. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay and Danielson versus Okada. Oh, I know, Baby Shaq. I know. Zach Smith with 1399 in Super Chat and then a four-month membership. I tried to give Raw a chance tonight, but the second I heard the verbiage in the opening promo, I couldn't do it. They need writers that actually understand how people talk. Much love from Canada, man. Uh, Zach, the opening promo was all Vince McMahon, brother. Absolutely all Vince McMahon or writers writing for Vince McMahon to make Vince McMahon laugh knowing that he would be there. Um, Bearded Fern, I see you in the chat, brother. Yes, I beat the uh, Ghosts of the Deep Dungeon twice. Uh, once last week and once this week. The last boss, though, is uh, overly annoying. Way too much health on that boss. And then Zach Smith with the four months. Much love to you, JD. Your personal and professional growth over the past eight years has been a joy to watch. Cheers to you and the entire OTS family. Zach Smith, brother, cheers to you, man. Comment of the night by Zach Smith. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Jarrett Hopfinger with a $5 super chat. Do you think Bobby Lashley, Street Profits, and Bianca Belair remake the Hurt Business? Forbidden Door is going to be awesome. You know, Jarrett, that does not sound bad at all. That does not sound bad at all. In fact, if I was uh, doing something fantasy-wise, I would actually... I would actually uh, think that over and maybe execute on that. Forbidden Door is going to be the pay-per-view of the fucking decade, man, at this rate. Matt, the PW fan with a five-month membership. Thank you, brother. Can't wait for Omega Osprey and Daniels vs. Okada. There was a yes chant and a huge pop when Eddie Kingston was announced for the G1. Eddie Kingston, guys, is in the G1 Climax. It's crazy. Good for him. Hopefully he's healthy enough to maintain uh, going through that entire tournament. It's not easy. Coil Phoenix with a 21 months. I hope Judgment Day kicks out Finn Balor so he can start his singles run for either the Universal title, since he never lost it, or the World title. I don't want anybody to be kicked out of Judgment Day, Coil. I don't. I think everybody should remain in Judgment Day. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat. Quite the SmackDown rating from Friday night. 2.9 million viewers for the Bloodline segment. Impressive. Yeah, they also did a 0.73 in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is fucking huge for them. Andrea with a 199. Hey, JD, my birthday is today. Can I get a shout-out? Happy fucking birthday, Andrea. I wish you nothing but the best. 
Everybody, throw those birthday cake emojis up for Andrea in the chat for her birthday tonight. Twenty-four with a one ninety-nine. EO. L.A. for money in the bank. Can I get a whoa? Ricardo Linnell with 34 months in the venue. Oh, my goodness. Closing in on that OTS title icon. Katana and Kaden did the impossible and made Ronda watchable. Good show. Happy to be back in the beer garden. OTS for life. Thank you for being here, buddy. Johnny with a 199. JD, you the best, he says. Thank you, brother. Joseph Taylor with a $17 super chat. Appreciate you, uh, Joseph, for the generosity here, brother. Johnny Gargano is 5'10", Tommaso Champ is 5'11", so unless I'm going blind, those two guys respectfully are 2 and 3 in taller than me. Bro, Johnny Gargano is not 5'10". Johnny Gargano is not 5'10". Johnny Gargano was not 5'10", bro. Now you're going to make me fucking Google Johnny Gargano's height. Google says Johnny Gargano is 5'10". I don't believe that for a second. Does anybody truly believe Johnny Gargano is 5'10", bro? Think that it seems like those numbers are a little uh, off. Take a ride with me with a $5 super chat. You can tell the amount of simps and incels who watch wrestling based off their love for Dom. It's crazy. It's sad, brother. Just so that I wasn't clear enough earlier, Dominic is not the best heel in pro wrestling. Not even close. I am not 6'1", and I'm not 4'8", or 4'10", or whatever these fucking... I'm 5'8". Matt Fugitive with a $2 Super Chat. Bring back the job squad. Gig Worker, 1099 with a $2 Super Chat. Gunther versus Randy Orton if he returns soon. I would like to see Randy Orton versus Cody. Dom Wapo with a 499. Did you see Will Ospreay teasing a match with Seth at Money in the Bank? I know it's unlikely, but man, what a match that would be. Yes, it would be a great match, but WWE does not play well with others. Just the way it is. They'll never play well with others. AEW would welcome Will Ospreay in any day he wants to work. WWE? No, they don't work that way. Jay and Joe's World with a 199. Are you going to be playing AW Fight Forever? Yes, I am. Doing the career mode. 
or the Road to Elite mode, and then we'll be doing our own little AEW Universe mode weekly. Where I'm the booker. TM28 with a $2 super chat. Omos defeats Gunther. Book it, pal. No. I will do no such thing. Phil with an 18 months. Thank you, Phil. I have no idea what they're doing with Cody at this point, but that's WWE for you. How are you feeling about the fields for money in the bank? OTS for life. Um, the men is shaping up to be good. The ladies is uh, very good so far. So I'm happy with the fields so far. Cameron Battle. Hey, JD, I definitely see 50-50 creative booking between Triple H and Vince. I see a contact agreement between the two. Triple H runs SmackDown and Vince runs Raw. There is a 50-50 booking creatively for WWE right now with Vince and Triple H. You just need to open your eyes and see it. El Garcia with a 199. JD, I was there at Raw tonight and we were loud. El Garcia with a first-time Super Chat. Uh, you guys were not bad on TV. I don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. Glad you had a good time, Garcia. Phil with an I-99. I have a feeling that with the slap, we could see Cody and Dom in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Brock attacks Cody to set up for SummerSlam. Great talking to you in the Twitter spaces. Great people in there. It's exactly what I said earlier, Phil. I think next week we get Dominic and Cody, or the week after that, Dominic and Cody in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Cody advances and then is ruined by Brock Lesnar. LJ with a 499. No message. And TM28. Cody is so brave and strong. Seeing him go through all this adversity makes me feel it. Whoa! Cody. Cody's nothing more than a fucking entrance nowadays, man. Anyway, guys, that is uh, all I got for you on this Monday night. Hopefully we uh, broke this Monday night raw down for you. I don't know what else to tell you. You guys are great. Appreciate you guys very much, man. We're about to get out of here. I'll see you guys uh, probably tomorrow with some extra, man. Uh, there's always news going around. We'll do something tomorrow. I'll be in your sub boxes tomorrow at some point for sure. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys... Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. All on the homepage. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Social media. You guys know the deal. Next Tuesday, Andrew Baydala and I will have a new show called TNT. It should be great. Lots of great discussion. Wednesday is the next time you see me live. I'll be with Jesse 
covering Dynamite. We should definitely start getting some Forbidden Door build on Wednesday. No doubt about it. But until then, guys, have a great night. Enjoy your Tuesdays. I'll see you back in the sub boxes as always. Let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. And as always, guys, I want to hear that music pumped up to max. I'll see you guys on Wednesday back in the venue for AEW Dynamite with Jesse right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.